Welcome to this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. Coming to you from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on heavenly authority, focusing on the New Testament office of administrations. We have seen that the Greek word used by the Apostle Paul translated administrations in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28, had the original meaning of a helmsman, one who pilots a ship. And when we left off, Pastor was in Acts chapter 20, where Paul calls for the Ephesian elders, presbuteros in the Greek, from which we get presbyter. And he tells them in verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, episkopos in the Greek, from which we get bishop, overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Here is Pastor Greg. Do you see it? A pastor means shepherd in the Greek, poimain, shepherd. And he says here, shepherd, poimaino, your flock, your poimnion. All the words are related. And that word to shepherd means to act as a poimain, a shepherd. It's the verb to say act as a shepherd means be a what? A shepherd, be a pastor. That's what the word there for pastor is. We study in Ephesians 4.11. We study the word pastor, right? Pastors and teachers, right? A pastor is just a shepherd. Well, now, you think of a shepherd leading sheep, right? You think of a helmsman guiding a ship. You think of an overseer watching a crew doing a work. You think of an elder directing the younger people. It's all the same thing. This is administrations. Now, there is a subcategory of deacons, those that help the ones leading. And we'll see that. We've talked about deacons already. But, you know, to get into this formal structure of elders, pastors, bishops, when really these are the leaders, they're the directors of the church, call them whatever you want, he's used here all three words. He's called them elders, he's called them overseers, which is bishop, he's called them shepherds, which is pastor. He's used all three Greek words. These are the leaders of the church. And, you know, a lot of times the church situation will dictate how you have to have the organizational structure. Sometimes the church can be small enough that you have one pastor. Some churches can be so large you might need, like in Ephesus, you need a lot of elders, a lot of overseers, a lot of pastors that are looking over the church. We say, well, how do we formally organize that? Well, you know, the Bible doesn't go into two. that gives you criteria. It gives you specific criteria for the elder, elder slash bishop slash pastor, the ones in really at the helm. And it gives you criteria for deacons, those who will help them, and we'll study that. But how you arrange it if you have two or five or ten 
and how that a lot of that depends upon the guidance of the Holy Spirit for the specific situation. Our situation, this church, is going to be totally different than the situation in a large church, say, in Korea or a small church in Nigeria. You know, the local situation is going to dictate how you arrange those elders slash bishops slash pastors. I want to show you that simple words in the Greek that you have here in Acts chapter 20, how they've been elaborated upon, the presbyters, the bishops, right, and then in our evangelical church, the pastors, for something that just is talking about a director, the directors, the ones that are in the lead, the older in the Lord, that oversee the work, that shepherd the flock, that guide the flock. That is a key in Christianity, in understanding what's happened over the centuries, how minutiae, words, have whole systems built around them, whole organizations built around them, whole structures built around them, and ways of thinking built around them. And remember, we're just talking about one office of the Holy Spirit, administrations, and the minutiae, and the garments, and the ordination that comes about the sophistication that comes in for these offices then supersedes the, the most important elements, first apostles, then prophets, then teachers. They just move aside because of structures built upon an elaboration that never was meant to be there by the Holy Spirit. These are the leaders of the church, simple and clear. You can call them elders. You can call them bishops or overseers. The word, when they said episcopus, they did not mean what we think of as a bishop. They thought of an overseer. They knew there were jobs where there was a man that oversaw. There were servants in those days, and there were men that oversaw. There were stewards in the household. You had the head steward that was the overseer over the rest. So they knew what that meant. They didn't mean, didn't mean all types of garments and robes and purple and red sashes. Didn't mean that to them. Rings to kiss. It didn't mean that just meant the overseer of the work, the helmsman, the shepherd, the pastor, the one that directs. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood, his own blood. So elders equals bishops equals shepherds, pastors, there's not the grand distinction. There's not the status that's been applied over the centuries. And take heed not to your, just to your flock. He says, watch, take heed to yourselves. Watch over yourselves that you don't go astray. You're given this, this is an important office, administrations. You're given this ship to steer, these people to watch over, this flock to care for, right? And take heed to yourselves among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now look, who makes them the overseer, the elder, the pastors? The Holy Spirit. It's still a spirit-anointed, a spirit-appointed office. We tend to think, even if you're in a Pentecostal church, well, you know, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, lift your hands on high, the Holy Spirit's anointed them, and then you come down to administrations, well... That's a more fleshly thing. And we, maybe we can vote on it. Maybe we can see who has the best criteria, the best education. This is no less 
an office of the Holy Spirit. All of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was speaking about the gifts and the offices of the Holy Spirit. It's not based upon a board of directors or some type of degree course you take. It's based upon the Holy Spirit appointing people to be the leaders, the overseers, the pastors. It's not a human system. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4, the writer says, God also bearing witness with both signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts. The word there is literally distributions of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. It's a distribution of the Holy Spirit. Not a human, pragmatic, fleshly position. Now you remember back to the deacons, right? The seven deacons in um, Acts chapter 6. You know, we talked about this back then. There's a top-down and bottom-up working at the same time. You have apostles. So the apostles are making the appointment, right? But the people are involved. They're told to choose among them. So here you have a conflict between the Episcopalian and the, and the congregational systems. In verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of what? The Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, the apostles say. They have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to call them into the service. And the same pleased the whole multitude, verse 5, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and what? The Holy Spirit, and Philip, and it goes on. And verse 6, and they set them before the apostles, and when they had prayed, why are they praying? They're praying to make sure this is the direction of the Holy Spirit, right? Then they laid hands on them, and the word of God spread, because you had people in an office of administration helping out. This is a spirit anointing. It wasn't, they didn't say here, get somebody here who has a degree, take somebody. You know, Paul had letters from the high priest. You talk about distinction. To go to Damascus and arrest the Christians. We're going to read here in Acts chapter 20 the life that Paul has led in service of Jesus Christ. He no longer has any letters from the high priest. The high priest hate him. The letters from the high priest now are against him. But he has something better. He has a call and ministry from the Holy Spirit, and great things can be done. These are spirit-led offices. And when the human systems come in, that does not mean we shouldn't have education. I'm not saying that. Right? It's nice to know what the Greek words are, isn't it? That we can study and show ourselves rightly approved. We need to have knowledge. But when, I, I just heard the other day that, um, I read in several places that the some of the key evangelical seminaries in America, evangelical, are teaching a framework hypothesis. You say, what is a framework hypothesis? They say that Genesis cannot be taken literally. You get a framework for it that God is involved somehow, but you can still have evolution. You can still have millions of years, and depending upon how far down the evangelical seminary has gone down the slope, we don't have to believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We can believe in millions of years and evolution and all the rest. Evangelical. Now, you know, Genesis was made allegorical by the mainline churches. The Catholic Church did it long ago. I remember being in seventh grade 
and they came in after the Vatican II, and the nuns told us, we now, we now believe the whole Old Testament is allegorical. So God didn't really create the world in seven days, and it's allegories. God is using it to tell us a story. Well, the evangelical seminaries have jumped on board, and you say, how can that happen? Because they want the praises of men. And many times when you have human institutions, people want to be accepted. They want to seem intelligent, and they will go away from the Word of God. And if all you're doing is looking at degrees and certificates and letters from the high priest, you might wind up with a pastor, overseer, elder that doesn't believe in God's Word. We are so thankful that we have been able to bring you these Bible study programs on WFIF since 1997. Since COVID, however, we, like many churches, have experienced a tightening of finances. So we would like to bring our church's needs before you this morning. If you have been blessed by our programs over the years, could you prayerfully consider donating $5 each month to keep these important teachings on the station. You can make your donation right on our church website at shiarjashub.org. Just use the regular donation option, which will bring you to a secure PayPal page. That web address is shear-jashub.org. Or you could send a check made out to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle and mail it to P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. 